1: what is up everybody welcome inside the guilty as charged podcast my name is steven and i am your host uh it's just me and tyler today uh you never know what kind of weather and uh circumstances happen in a in a in an island in the caribbean so alex does not have internet uh he has not had internet for the past 24 hours or so so uh it'll be just me and tyler recapping the chargers and rams preseason game that being said tyler shirt looks fantastic man how are you doing today
2: yeah this really ugly expensive shirt that has maybe a couple of lightning bolts on it to justify its existence and purchase um, but i'm doing very well there was chargers football we get to talk about
1: football i love it how are you yeah man. i'm doing good doing good it was a good night watching football um felt a little weird being on a saturday night watching nfl football because i woke up and i was like "Is today monday or is today sunday so uh, a little out of the routine but really excited to uh talk about some actual football takeaways you know similar to last sunday when we were talking about the scrimmage um so you know excited to uh dive into it Um, we are going to talk about our uh saturday stocks as well we'll just at least do an update and uh, talk about alex's as much as we can so we'll have a recap takeaways winners and losers or, or studs and duds if you will and all that good stuff be a good uh warm up for us as well getting back into the post-game recap situation uh for sure um that being said tyler general thoughts on you know we talked yesterday about just wanting to see a clean operation um specifically from the offense and and trying to avoid penalties and all that stuff i feel like the operation on offense was good for the most part we didn't really see many issues there but the defense you know understandably had some issues with tackling and, and some penalties but I uh, got a little out of hand last night, uh, but still understandable first game stuff. But it was definitely a, a tad frustrating.
2: It was frustrating. And again, I said it's a meaningless game. It's a preseason game on Twitter. But boy, did it feel like a Chargers football game where, okay, we should be beating these guys. And oh, he yeah. just didn't catch that and it became an interception. Or oh, he just, you know, DPI or whatever it was. It was a bit rough to watch. And it was frustrating in the end. Did they close out with, what, 11 penalties, 10 penalties? At one point, it was, 11, it was 9 yeah. for 120. Uh, so not a great day for penalties overall, especially in the defensive pass interference department. As far as the missed tackles goes, that was extremely frustrating, but understandable, I think. I don't recall a day in practice where the charges really went to the ground. Even at the scrimmage, it was, you know, pick the guy up, tap sure. him down. You happen to hit him, and he goes down fine. Um, if your name wasn't Cole Christiansen beating up Isaiah Spiller one day, otherwise they were just not hitting <laughs> these guys that hard. So I suppose it's not a surprise that they're not doing so well in the tackling department, but it was still very concerning because what do you think the number is going to end up being 12, 15, be I'd say. Yeah.
1: Okay. I'd say at least 15. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was uh, not great. Not great. At
1: least in the, uh, the back end. Yeah, so uh the final tally for the penalties was nine for one twenty. Um, and I think the Rams declined like at least two of them, so it could mm-hmm. have been more. Okay. Um, I know that there was um, you know, Chargers declined some penalties as well that would have, you know, kind of made it a little bit more even, but um you're talking about two for ten officially for the Rams and nine for one twenty for the Chargers. Ooh so otherwise you know like i said offensively felt like it was a pretty clean operation um Mm -hmm. there technically was the one turnover at the end of the game um you know which it was uh, an unfortunate ending from easton stick and michael bandy because it was otherwise a really solid solid outing for those two um but yeah let's let's get into some of this uh some of these takeaways for a second here um your biggest standout of the evening would be who tyler
2: Ooh, uh, because of who we were kind of watching and talked about on the concern meter, guys we wanted to watch, it was Morgan Fox, I think. I think we talked about Chris Rumpf. We needed to see him shine um, to kind of confirm what we've been hearing, and he did, but we sort of expected that. I would expect Morgan Fox to do well against these guys, but we didn't have the opportunity to really see him do anything in training camp and really all that much in the scrimmage. Uh, according to the early stats, and again, these are early and unofficial, Morgan Fox on eight pass rush reps had two pressures, including that half sack. I will give him half a sack for that you know sack that Chris Rumpf had. Yeah. Um, and then two wins that did not result in a pressure. So you have two wins that didn't result in a pressure and then two additional pressures, including that half sack on eight pass rush reps. That's fantastic. That's what I needed to see from him. Um, I mean, you can you can say that the other guy, Jerry Tillery, stood out for the opposite reasons, but it was good to see at least one of them say, OK, you know, game action, this this film matters the most so far. And he stood out. So it's great to see that Morgan Fox at least took a step forward in our eyes, and our minds.
1: Yeah, um, I, you know, I was very, very happy with what Morgan Fox put out on tape. Again, it was not um, a ton of reps. I think Arjun said he only had eight pass rush reps. Um, on the evening but he got to start we got to see uh you know what exactly he looked like i think uh jerry tillery had a very similar amount of uh pass rush reps as well um Mm -hmm. didn't really see anything from him um but you know in terms of morgan fox i I liked a lot of what we saw you know his the the one that ended up with a chris from sack that was a hell of a bull rush man like he put that guard on his ass and then there was another time on, on his on his uh, other pressure. I think Perkins ended up rolling out to the left. You know, he he got uh, that guard with an arm over move and forced the pressure out that way. Um, and M. K. Egbule. The broadcast kept saying Egbule. Do we do we know? Does oh. anybody know how to pronounce it correctly? Because I thought for the longest time I, I could ask Agboula. my sister. I guess. Um...
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard it. I've never heard it said Yeah. but.
1: I don't know. You know, Shaq Leonard now. So everyone's got yeah. a different way of saying their That's name. true. That's true. I'm a fan of Noah, Noah Eagle, but uh he had he had some uh rough moments there last night in the broadcast. But um yeah, Morgan Fox, really solid outing for me. I think the biggest standout was Chris Rumpf and and um you know he's somebody that I thought you know we needed to know a little bit more about the training camp hype, about the offseason hype, and he, and he clearly has um, worked on his body he looks significantly stronger um significantly more explosive and we saw flashes of that you know I-, I think morgan fox probably gets a little bit more credit for the sack for me but chris rum still had a really good rep on a lark jackson on that specific opportunity um he blew up the rams tight end for a tackle for loss he had another yeah, he really did. high quality uh chase down from the backside edge on one of the other rams rushing attacks Um, Mm -hmm. And just, like, really energetic out there, which we knew, like, that's who he was in college, right? Like, you you can always tell that could translate. Um, But just the explosiveness, the plan of attack, I thought Chris Rumpf was, uh, you know, very, very good last night. And I feel more encouraged than I did heading into training camp. And obviously, he's got to, you know, keep building this and, and, you know, stacking up brick by brick here. Because I thought last night he was really, really good.
2: Yep, everything we've been hearing about him looks great. Looked fantastic. We have him currently eight pass rush reps, one pressure, and the half sack, and two run stops, including that tackle for loss. Look great. Look fast. Look strong. You know, we knew he was an athlete. He needed to go from what was it string bean to asparagus. <laughs> I don't know what's next in that evolution. I don't know yeah. what the third Charizard evolution. You know, for this whole thing is going to be. Um, but he looks. He looks good. It, I'm not going to say it feels expected to me because again, we talked about it on the preview show. He was great in the preseason at the scrimmage last year. Just you got to show me now in the regular season that you can really handle these, you know, starters, I guess, or whoever's across from you. I suppose that starts week one with the Raiders who don't look so great at their tackle group. Um,
1: But yeah, he, I mean, what can you say? He did look good last night, which is great to see. I guess uh, Jorge is pointing out maybe a cucumber. Let it burn says broccoli.
2: I I got, I got probably, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Cucumber would be weird. Broccoli could be good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, Tyler, on the opposite side of things, who's somebody that you were uh, a little uh, disappointed in (sighs) last night?
2: I mean, it does have to start with Dean Leonard, but I do have to push back against Chargers Twitter that freaked out about this. Yeah. I really, you know, he gets drafted. I do a scouting report. Here's the things that are good about him. Here's the things that are not so good about him. He barely played any real college football. He's a raw player. Here we go. Look at Chargers Reddit. Oh, Tyler said these things, and he thinks Dean Leonard sucks. Okay. Go to training camp. Report (laughs) all the good things that he's doing on sideline balls specifically. You know, I get a tweet last night, and I think it was tweeted at you as well. You said Dean Leonard was good. No, I didn't. (laughs) No, we never said that either. People are just kind of hearing or seeing what they want or maybe just focusing on the positives, I think a lot of Chargers fans were surprised by Dean Leonard's performance last night. I don't think you should be. I was surprised at the way he lost. I will say I didn't expect it to be jump ball sideline stuff the way that he'd yeah. losing. I figured roasted on a slant, you know, lost on a post or whatever. I didn't expect it to be the, the stuff that he has been good at, but he was. I will say this, and, and Brandon's Daily kind of said as much. Yeah, was it rough? sure that was not a good performance at all and i'm sure he wants that back but in a way if you understand where he was and that he barely played any college football he's in a new system and look this guy should have been in the end like in the fourth quarter rotating in this guy had to jump in in the first quarter i believe and start you know acting as like one of the you know the starters of the day this is a late seventh round pick who definitely should have been an undrafted free agent he's come a long way from where he was is it did he still get burnt for 120 yards and two dpis or whatever yeah but he's still come a long way. you can tell with where he was and how he was in position to almost make a play that things are clicking like the traits are there he just couldn't get it around and frankly the entire defense couldn't figure out how yeah. to turn their head around they couldn't figure out how to tackle yeah leonard was the main culprit it was disappointing, but it really just felt like a defensive thing overall. So, yeah, Leonard was the disappointment. I think it surprised a lot of Chargers fans when it really shouldn't have. But I still do see things that aren't good, and you can build off of moving forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Asante had a bad rep in that regard as well. You know, the past appearance yeah. that he registered was, it was like, why, where, where's your head at? Like, get your head around. So, maybe it was just something that happened specifically last night. And in terms of Dean Leonard, I thought the overreactions were, were pretty wild to be honest with you i mean like i, I understand like we expect these guys to come in and, and play well and it, it's unfortunate that he did not play up to speed but i mean the guy had like 14 man coverage snaps last year at old miss like you're talking about how, like it was basically yeah. him playing you know at the sticks every single repetition and it was just like hey see ball get ball and mm-hmm. you know I, I tried to point this out like he's in he was in position on every single one of those targets right like he was yeah. mentally there physically there it's just you gotta turn your head around and go make a play on the ball like i'll take that for who we're talking about it's not like this was mm-hmm. you know jc jackson going up against Devonte adams and was just getting cooked like this is a yeah. seventh round guy who probably should have been an undrafted free agent who they just wanted to take a chance on because of the raw potential there and they really have seen a lot of good signs like you said so far in training camp and people expecting him to come in and just dominate these reps against the rams i don't frankly understand the thought process there so i got so many mentions last night that he's trash that they should cut him immediately you know he's (laughs) where's waldo in the football game let's pump the brakes a little bit here and, and remember who we're talking about and the the potential that this player does have like i think Mm-hmm. Making a strong, uh, you know, judgment based off of the guy's first preseason game is a little yeah. bit much for me. And like I said, he was in position. There were a couple other good reps. Like there was a time where he was playing off coverage, and um, you know the Rams receiver ran a slant, and I thought that Dean Leonard tackled the guy short of the sticks. It was the third down and eight? I, I agree. believe
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, it was a really good, you know, instant decision making process by him, and he went and made a great tackle on the ball. So. There were some good things that Dean Leonard did. It's just, you know, he had two really bad reps, one of which was aided by a bad JT Woods rep, uh, you know, reading that ball and taking that bad angle. But um, I thought Dean Leonard was fine. And I think Mm -hmm. we need to pump the brakes a little bit.
2: Yeah, please do. Or just use this to understand that, okay, this is really where he's at. No one, like 99% of charge fans did not watch Dean Leonard or didn't know (laughs) anything about him. And maybe they just read some training camp reports, but, You kind of missed, you know, the whole big picture, even in training camp. Now use this as your measuring stick or whatever, moving forward. It's like, okay, next week, does he make a play? You know, does this look different? Does he, you know, finally settle in? He's at a point now, you've all seen what he struggles with right now. You know, look look for some positivity moving forward. Again, was not the greatest prospect coming out. So there's going to be these struggles. I wouldn't expect this to be fixed. I, it won't be as bad i don't think next week but i don't expect this to be fixed in one week but just you know give it some time and appreciate how much he's able to grow i think from where he is right now to where he's going to be in
1: one year two years three years four years yeah absolutely i think for me like he he's in line to make the roster and like that right there by itself is exceeding my expectations that i had when they drafted him right cuz i was yeah. expecting him to you know come in and be a potential practice squad the long-term development kind of player and you know he's shown enough signs where he is at least in like a legitimate competition to make the roster so if he makes the roster I'm cool with it that's kind of exceeded my expectations for his rookie season already and I'm excited to see where he goes from here um, really quickly before I talk about mine I want to give a shout out to uh, LDE Bruin for joining up our on our YouTube membership page um, if you're nice. not joining in here you you get an opportunity to sign up for the discord where we get um, a lot of great information out by Arjun, myself and Tyler uh, as well as Alex. And so um, last night, Tyler dropped the uh, early PFF stats, for example, for our discord members. So um, make sure and go check that out. And then of course, have to give a shout out to uh, Mama Shun in the chat with a big super chat. Despite the negatives, there was some good stuff and I agree with that for sure. Mm Yep. Um, So for my negative takeaway, I guess, to start off, I I think you kind of have to start with Chase Daniel in a a sense. Mm. Um, I thought that Chase was in rhythm. He made good decisions. Mm -hmm. The out routes, man, I was just like, this is just (sighs) bad. Like every single out route to Josh Palmer or to Joe Reed Mm -hmm. was way off target. And being out of sync with Josh Palmer a little bit, I can understand, you know, Josh Palmer, mostly working with Justin Herbert, mostly working with the Mm -hmm. first team offense. Um, but the timing on the out routes was just off all night. And I think he ended up having an okay game and, you know, I think he did some good things. I was surprised by the scramble, um, some (laughs) other good operation things over the middle, but like his arm talent is, is pretty much cooked at this point, uh, in terms of outside throws. And I don't think we really saw that last year. So I was, I was Mm -hmm. a bit surprised that, just the overall lack of zip on the out routes and, you know, again, did some good things, but um, you know, Chase Daniel, you know, wasn't the sharpest last night.
2: Yeah. Last year, I almost I feel like he quarterbacked mentally better yesterday than he did last year. I feel like everything was kind of there processing wise, like you said, but yeah, the, the floaters to the sideline, pushing it wide, pushing it behind, pushing it high, you know, Stick struggled with that a bit too, but there was at least more zip on it and guys were able to be more of a play on the football. That was a bit concerning from Daniel for sure. I still think he's quarterback too because I think they feel that way. But I didn't think Stick finally pushed him. And yeah, it was, it was rough. Like Chase Daniel, what was it? Four, five misses maybe. It was not pretty. He got bailed out obviously by that big Joe Reed touchdown by Michael bandy, absolutely working that defensive back on the whip route. Otherwise yeah. I, it wasn't really encouraging from chase Daniel.
1: No, I agree with that. And again, I, I think with chase at this point, you know, he's going to be able to manage the game and not ruin a game, but um, you'd like to see a little bit more, you know, playmaking with his arm and, and, and things like that. So um, in terms of instant takeaways, I think those, those are good ones off the bat. I, 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 uh, you know, we'll get more into some specifics here, and I do want to start with just kind of the list of players who were not playing last night. So um, obviously, the guys that we talked about did not play. Um, also in there, Gerald Everett did not play. Drew Tranquil did not play. Austin Johnson did not play. Um, and then injury-wise, Jason Moore, Tavon Campbell, Mark Webb, Nick Neiman, Eamon Ogbongwamiga, Ty Shelby, Isaac Weaver, Trey McKitty, Donna Parham, and Forrest Merrill, we're all dealing with injuries, apparently, and did not play last night. So um, those those are kind of unsurprising at, at some extent. I figured maybe they give Mark Webb a chance after returning back to practice. Maybe Amen Ogbong-Wamiga, but the rest of them I feel like we kind of knew about. And then uh, Daniel Popper pointed out, obviously, that Brandon Peters, the quarterback from Illinois, mm-hmm. as well as Cameron Hunt, the offensive lineman signed from the USFL, also did not play last night. Yeah,
2: no, I, was Merrill Hurt in practice? That's the only one that I didn't recognize
1: that wasn't out there until later. Yeah, that, that was the first time I heard of him for his Merrill injury. I, I I don't think there was anything reported about that on that practice on Thursday. Yeah,
2: he, he's a fan favorite, and I totally get why, but he's if he's not even playing at this point with someone like Andrew Brown looking pretty decent and as deep as they are at at least six defensive tackles, and that's not including Covington, who might be cut, I, I think Forrest Merrill is on his way out, I kind of knew that, but then I don't even know if they're bringing him back on the
1: practice squad. Yeah, that one's a tough one. I uh, really was hoping to see Mark Webb uh, out there, be able to get some reps and things like that. So not surprised that they're trying to take things slow a little bit, but you know, hopefully this week he's able to uh, practice at full speed. Um, yeah. Shout out to Let It Burn for the super chat. He says, thanks for all the work you guys do. I'm going to become a member by the end of this weekend. Appreciate that as well uh enjoy a coffee on me and uh absolutely will um all right so in terms of the actual recap i think like i mentioned the offense did some really good things um Mm -hmm. chase daniel ended up leading two relatively long touchdown drives um the first one to open the game nine plays 77 yards and covering three minutes and 51 seconds of course ending up with the joe reed uh touchdown catch which I don't know if you got to watch uh, Joe Reed's press conference last night uh, or or the clips or anything like that, but you can just tell the guy's been through a lot, and uh, it was really good Mm -hmm. to see him get that kind of touchdown and those kind of reps and things like that and uh, potentially pushing for a roster spot. Um, After the first drive, the Chargers went punt, 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 um, basically all three and outs. So we got to see J.K. Scott, uh, his first punt man, at first, J.K. Scott Punt was legit. I, there was a lot of good hang time there, a lot of good coverage. Um, so that was always good to see as well. And then Chase Daniel ultimately was able to recover for the last drive of the half. For him, he led a 10-play, 72-yard, 4-minute and 40-second drive to tie the game. So we talked about Chase Daniel a little bit. Uh, otherwise, from the first-team offense, what were some of your your takeaways that we saw from the first half?
2: Well, I only got one quarter from him, but Zion, I mean, it was great to see Zion. Great to see Jamari as far as the numbers go. For those who are wondering, let me pull it up. Um, So it's Trey Pipkins, one pressure, Storm Norton, zero. Again, these are unofficial, by the way. Uh, Zion, zero pressures, beaten on one rep. And I, I do agree that there was a beat on him, but not a pressure. Jamari Salyer, 28 pass blocking steps, zero pressures. Um, and then just some combination of guys. But... Regardless, Zion looked pretty solid last night, in particular in the run game, looking for work. There was one play where I think he just like jabbed a bit early and some guy went around him and swiped yeah. his hands. Yeah. Um, but, but otherwise, it was a pretty solid day for Zion Johnson, especially in the run game, uh, looking for work on a screen. Only two series, I believe. Um, but him and Pipkins, that tandem to the right side in the run game looked really solid. And I think if you're trying to picture how this looks in the future, it looked like a pretty solid operation. I think overall, those two working in tandem looked really good on that right side. And of course, Jamari, I thought looked pretty good. He's currently credited with zero pressures. I feel like there was one in there. Um, but again, these are all unofficial, I'll not to rewatch him. But just watching Zion and Trey this morning, I thought in their two series, they looked pretty solid, granted only 12 block, pass blocking reps.
1: Yeah, so the numbers are official. Arjun just uh texted us. Um Jamari Seller oh. did end up with the, the one pressure. Um, otherwise the the pass blocking was was very solid, I felt like last night. Um Foster mm-hmm. Serrell, the uh undrafted free agent from Stanford, did uh struggle a little bit. Um he allowed five pressures last night, according to Pro Football oh. Focus. Yeah. Uh two quarterback hits, three hurries for him. Yeah. Um Otherwise, you know, you're looking at, you know, one pressure from Trey Pipkins, um, one pressure from Will Clapp, which Will Clapp did definitely allow a bad rep on the sack from yeah, Chase Daniel. Um, and then Jamari Sawyer, one pressure, Zach Bailey, one pressure, and Ryan Hunter, one pressure. So, um,
2: okay,
1: that's where the offensive line stood in terms of pass blocking. Um, PFF did give Foster Sarrell an 85.7 run blocking grade, which is the highest of the day there. Uh Sawyer had an 82.1. Zach Bailey 75.4. Will Clapp 70.8. Um they did not give Zion Johnson that good of a grade as 45.1 in run blocking. In the run game? Bullshit. Yeah. Ryan Hunter, 54.7. Brendan Hymus, 49.2. Troy Pipkins 57.5 storm Norton 57.7 so those are the run blocking grades which i always have a gripe with personally um, oh absolutely <laughs> no
2: storm norton was like a top six
1: run blocker last year <laughs> <laughs> um brendan hymas led the way with an 82.4 pass blocking grade storm norton was second with 79.6 then zach bailey 76.8 uh ryan hunter 61.4 will clap 59.2 Foster Sarah 58.4 Jamari Sawyer 53.2 and then they had Zion Johnson at 24.3 pass blocking grade so I am very confused I'm very <laughs> confused about
2: that Do, uh is this on profile focus I'm not seeing yeah. it yet yeah oh, it's not up for me
1: so oh really cool good for you guys <laughs> yeah I I, uh, I can't say I agree with those grades at all but what
2: was who led the way with pass blocking efficiency then uh, that would be Zion, hundred percent. Wait, so Zion led the way with pass blocking efficiency, but they gave him A an awful pass blocking one. grade.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay, I think I think something's wrong there. <laughs> if you're yeah. okay, sure, whatever. Interesting.
1: Yeah, but um, overall, I, I was very pleased with the way the offensive line performed yesterday. I felt yeah. like they were really making their presence felt in the run game uh um you mentioned zion and trey pipkins that's that second half into your trio where jamari was left guard ryan hunter was center and brennan heinus mm-hmm. was right guard i thought those three worked really really well together i i was very pleased with the way that they were moving people uh, mm-hmm. really freed up some rushing lanes for isaiah spiller roundtree and, and you know uh, i think letty marks had one carry or something like that um but overall very pleased with the way the offensive line performed. I you said this was the plan leading in. I was surprised a little bit how much they rotated Ryan Hunter with Jamari Stoller to start the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he Ryan Hunter obviously appeared before Brendan Hymus. and then of course the right tackle situation was uh Trey Pippigens got two series and then Storm Norton got two series after that. So, mm-hmm. what any thoughts there about the way that they rotated the right tackle and then uh, Ryan Hunter as well?
2: Right tackle, no real thoughts there. It sounds about right. Two series, two series. Maybe they've gotten more with you know, shorter drives or something, but that's fine, understandable. I'm sure Storm starts the next two or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Hunter was a surprise, though, because I-, I didn't pick up early on with the second drive or whatever it was that you had seen that Jamari was rotating with Ryan Hunter at left guard. That was a surprise, and I completely missed that. Um, but I did find out mid-game that that was the, the plan going into it. Um, thankfully, I-, I thought Jamari was injured or something happened. But that was the plan, which is really interesting to me because, you know, Haim miss uh, looked fine. He looked good last night, but he's looked fine in camp. Will Clapp hasn't looked great in camp. Isaac Weaver was hurt. I don't believe he played either. You know, some guys are just kind of not doing so well. But then there's always Ryan Hunter as like the third guy. And yeah. you get to him being able to play a little bit of left guard and then switching to center mm-hmm. after you know whatever the rotation was I thought it was really notable uh, you talked about it even before the game like I'll be watching Ryan Hunter tonight uh, you even thought that Ryan Hunter probably played better than Will Clapp I guess statistically that's probably true anyway um but what were your thoughts between Hunter and
1: Clapp yeah I thought Ryan Hunter was just a, a more of a presence at center than Will Clapp was and you could see him, you know, calling out things with the young guys, working next to him. You could see him uh, being an enforcer on that one Chase Daniel scramble. You could see him looking for work more often. I felt like he was a, a stronger run blocker. Um, again, so I haven't, I haven't been at practice. And, you know, so I haven't seen Will Clapp necessarily work there. He's been really kind of the unquestioned backup center up until now. But I've been a fan of Ryan Hunter the whole time that he's been on the team. You know, I, I really wanted the, them to kind of find a way to keep him last year, and it ultimately did not happen. So I thought Ryan Hunter looked really good at guard. I thought he looked better at center. I really was was very pleased with what I saw there. Um, again, we'll go back and watch the All 22 at some point this week when it's up on uh, International Game Pass. But I was again very happy overall with the offensive line operation. Um, you know, I remember last year was just kind of a disaster. Like the offense just could not do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, after the yeah. first quarter, because the the death pieces were just not there. So, I think that's a good sign for where this team is at with Jamari, with Ryan Hunter, with um, mm-hmm. you know, Zach Bailey showed some good signs as well at tackle, and then of course uh, Brennan Hymas as well.
2: I'm not feeling great about the tackle depth. I'll be completely honest. Like, no, I don't really no. feel good about I don't I mean like I mean Pipkins and Norton as your tackle depth as well, because I, I almost consider them depth pieces as is. If Rashawn Slater goes down, I I just I don't feel good about this no. at all. Like, watching these tackles no. play. Yeah, Rashawn Slater, no one can replicate that, but boy, could someone not be the cliff to the rock bottom to the center of the earth that the drop-off feels like. It just I'm worried about this tackle depth and it's, it's thank goodness Rashawn Slater is a good player. Thank goodness. He seems to be healthy, but that will change the entire offense. If he goes down because there's yeah. nothing behind
1: him that could even be close. No, I don't feel great about it either. I mean, I, I don't think Zach Bailey and Foster Cheryl are like, there's any chance that they make the roster um, again, Foster Cheryl really kind of struggled last night from a pass protection standpoint. Um, and we feel great about the interior offensive line depth and that's fantastic. The team has really come a long way in that regard, but Mm -hmm. this is just one of the reasons why I always wanted them to sign some kind of veteran, even if you're just pushing competition for Trey or storm, but then also like you need, you need a better swing tackle as well. And so a lot of the talk has obviously been like, who's going to start. But one of those guys is going to be the swing tackle, and I don't necessarily feel great about that either. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you said, if Rashawn misses any games, of course, knock on wood, hopefully that doesn't happen. But um, that is is definitely unfortunate. Okay, finally, the numbers are up. I can see them now. There you go. All righty. So Zion Johnson with the worst PFF grade of the day. How? I, I don't understand. <laughs> Don't beat, wasn't, beat wasn't that bad. I, Zion had one bad rep from what I saw, so I, I don't understand that at all. Foster
2: gives up five pressures, and his grade is more than twice Zion's. What? Whatever. Yeah. I'm curious what the, the pass rushing numbers and defense numbers are, actually.
1: Uh, do you want me to tell them to you, because I have them up right now?
2: That'd be great. Yeah, let's hear it.
1: So, Emike Egbola, or Egbola, uh, led the way with seven total pressures last night. Guy was, seven? Uh, wow. Yeah. He uh, he had some really, really productive moments. Um, you know, Bryce Perkins deserves a lot of credit for breaking his tackle and breaking Chris Rums' tackle. But, um, you know, that should have been a sack for Emike. And then there was another time where he beat the right tackle on an inside rush. Otito mm-hmm. also beat his guy and then Otito kind of tackled MK instead of the cornerback. Yeah. Uh-huh. So poor MK, man, he should have had two sacks <laughs> last night, but uh, I thought he was productive. Um, mm-hmm. You know, to me just looked like a more clean prospect. It, it, obviously he's not a prospect, right? But he looked like a cleaner overall player than Jamal Davis did, but Jamal also had some flashes. He had five pressures last night. Um, yeah. And, he and did. to me it was, it was kind of what we know, right? MK, again, a little bit more of a polished pass rusher. Jamal really flashed really. to me as a run defender. Um, just really strong, powerful rusher. Um, but yeah, good pressure numbers from both of them. Uh, Morgan Fox, three pressures. Otito, two pressures. Chris Rump, two pressures and the one sack. Um, so PFF did credit to that just for Rumpf, not for Morgan Fox. Um mm-hmm. Andrew Brown, Cole Christiansen, Skyler Thomas, Troy Reader, Joe Gaziano, all one pressure each after that. Uh, so 24 total pressures from the team and two sacks.
2: Yeah, not bad. And then all right, three MK. additional
1: quarterback hits.
2: Yeah, not bad. Definitely good. Feels good from the edge rushers. Even without Ty Shelby, it feels good to have Rumpf and Davis and Eggbule all do a little bit of something. Um, Wow. They didn't give Fajoko a run stop. Really? I don't know why (laughs) Uh, his run defense grade is is great i'm sure that's more because of holding up the line of scrimmage
1: but he was flashing all day long man he played really really well
2: yeah they didn't chart his
1: numbers very well but i think the film speaks for itself honestly so they only accredited the charters with nine missed tackles (laughs) (laughs) on which play (laughs) They didn't give JT Woods a missed tackle for that. Well, he made the tackle.
2: It just was his own <laughs> guy. Wrong
1: person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that the number is only that is that low.
2: Yeah, maybe I'll just go through and chart, chart my own thing
1: <laughs> for the day. So then uh, in terms of run defense, Damon Lloyd, that delay led the way tied with Chris Run for three run stops apiece. Troy Reader, yes. two run stops, Kimon Hall, M. K. Skylar Thomas, Carlo Kemp, Tyreek Maddox-Williams, Alohi Gilman, Jamal Davis, Joe Gaziano, Michael Davis, Christian Cummingson, all one apiece after that. Okay.
0: So okay, let, let's
1: dive in a little bit more into, into the yeah. first half of the defense. Obviously, again, did not really um, have many of the starters out there, um, but what did you see from the the first half of the defense? I thought, for me personally – we mentioned chris rumpf i was pretty Mm -hmm. happy with the way jasir taylor played um i was pretty happy with the way michael davis played as well Mm -hmm. they were moving michael davis around quite a bit and when they went into the dime package in the first half davis was the one either in the slot or or it's kind of like the money backer that they have so that was good to see i think that kind of opens up a more opportunity for playing time for him um the play at the goal line from jasir taylor where he could have tackled him for loss i know he didn't wrap him up there was a weird collision with MKA as well but just the way that again the mental processing that he experienced and went and just flew around i thought was fantastic so some good moments from the first first secondary group but definitely some things to work on there
2: yeah nice to see michael davis just again no incredible days really but just stack some wins get that forcing completion i believe that was from the slot against the tight end am i not mistaken it was, yeah, it was. Yeah, so that's great to see. And if that's kind of their plan for him, awesome. You could do worse than having him as your sixth DB. Was definitely concerning seeing Asante Samuel Jr. get that DPI. It's something mm. that he didn't, I don't think I saw as much in college. Got to the NFL, saw it a few more times. Something we wanted to see fixed going into the year. I thought during camp he had that mostly fixed. Seeing that again uh, last night was not great. Uh, but it's, it's one play, one target. It's so hard to judge. Um, but overall, I thought it was pretty good in the secondary. Um JT Woods hit or miss. I feel like there was one clear miss and one clear hit that got called back. And then as far as the interior rotation goes, it was very clearly you have your two pass rushers and then you had your two better run defenders. And it was clear that one group was much better at getting up to, well, one half of that one group was much better at getting after the passer. And the other group was much better about stopping the run. And that to yeah. me, like the two guys you sat, the two guys you started, And the two guys that rotated in after that, well, no, sorry, because Otito was the third string guy. That was a bit of a surprise to me. I didn't think Otito would be the third rotation with Gaziano. That was how it was to start camp. I just figured with the momentum of them moving him into the even first team reps um, in training camp this past week, I figured he'd jump in there with like Mahoko and Covington. I'm surprised. I don't know what the charting ends up being, but surprised to see him play more nose um, than expected and braided more like if not like a five tech, sometimes three tech more, you you know, pass
1: rushing, almost looking type than someone like Otito. Um, Can I just say really quickly, I, yeah, I absolutely hated the way that they rotated the defensive lineman, dude. Like <laughs> they had Jerry Tillery lining up at one technique or as a nose so often early in that game. And I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, I understand that they're like the next, like the next group of like starter players. Right. But, come on like give me some reps of like morgan and tito morgan and Braden. like i I, if they do this if they do this in regular season games with morgan fox and jerry tillery lining up at the one tech i'm gonna be so annoyed all season long with that rotation
2: you can nearly call plays just based on who the duo is in front of you if you got one duo you pass it if you got one duo you run it yeah i I didn't pick up on where jerry tillery was lining up but Yeah, I would love to see something a little bit different. And so far, that is the tandem, though. Like, they do have, they're starting two, then that pass rushing duo, supposedly. So that kind of seems to be their plan going into the year. Those four do feel safe for sure. Like, if we're talking about any locks, those first four, well, the the two that didn't play, and those two feel like the locks. I think that's their plan. I think you'll get to a point where it's, you know, third down at the end of a drive or maybe in that second series. And Morgan Fox and Jerry Tillery are going to be your starters, and I think that's that's better. Well, not starters; they'll be your defensive linemen. They'll that's be better bosses, than them guys, starting. Yeah. Yes, that's better than them starting. I suppose, but it is a bit scary. Um,
1: third and long draw play anybody? I don't know. <laughs> if I saw, dude, if I saw Jerry Tillery line up at nose I wouldn't even bother passing. <laughs> just just run duo and, and get third these and two 12, guys out of duo. here. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was. Again, like I understand like they're like the next guys in line, but mm-hmm. I was so frustrated by that. And then, you know, it is gonna be interesting, right? Braden Fahoko really obviously flashed a lot. He has continued to flash as a run defender. You said you saw some good things out of Christian Covington. You know, I was kind of not really super impressed there. And, you know, that's really the competition at this point for the last defensive tackle spot because Tito's gonna make it. They they drafted him, you know, they're they're invested in him long term. So it just is kind of going to depend on on where they go with Covington and uh, Brayden Fahoko right now.
2: Yeah, let's see. so Covington, they credit him with two tackles, one run stop, which is more than Fahoko had. I don't feel like I think there was a play where the running back or maybe it was even the quarterback or somebody kind of had to dance behind the line of scrimmage and Covington kind of washed down for that run stop. At least he showed up, but to me, Fahoko was still pretty clearly the better player down to down to down to down. Even if the numbers don't say that Fahoko it's very close. Yeah. One, Two tackles versus one.
1: But I thought Fahoko was far better. Yeah. To me, he was far more disruptive in terms of like setting the line of scrimmage and Absolutely. getting into the backfield. And I know he had the one uh, face mask penalty, but that was just a really high level way to get into the backfield. Um, again, PFF grades kind of take him with assault as always, but uh, foco had a 76.8 run defense grade, and Christian Covington had a 50.2. So that feels right. The Zion Johnson grade definitely does not feel right, but <laughs> that specific run defense grade difference definitely feels right to me. Yeah,
2: foco clearly the best run defender of the yeah.
1: interior guys yesterday. Um, another guy I want to give a shout out to here in terms of like the first half was Troy Reader. I thought he was. Mm-hmm. Really diagnosing things very well. I thought he was fast and flying around and decisive. So there were some really good things from Troy Reader that I thought were were promising. You know, Keenan Allen had that great quote uh, earlier last week that <laughs> Troy Reader hit him so hard he felt like he cracked a rib or something like that in seven on seven. So I was really impressed with Troy Reader again. Ha- didn't really watch much of the the coverage uh, from him. Didn't really get the opportunity to do that much. But as a run defender, I was very, very impressed. And, you know, when he was calling the plays, I did feel like there was a, a cleaner operation mm-hmm. on defense in, in general.
2: Yeah, he looked pretty solid and that's great. I, we weren't sure if he'd go out there and play, but we knew they needed bodies. And, you know, why not? He's not exactly a starter right now. If he looks like that and that's your depth, you know, OK, cool. I, I can be happy with that. With the way that the interior defensive line was opening things up for him, it just felt like even though these guys missed like crazy, it felt like there was an opportunity. There was clear vision for these guys to get there. And Troy Reader definitely capitalized on those things. So he got the front line playing pretty well. He was diagnosing things pretty well. He was the green dot guy, you said?
1: Yeah, he was calling plays in the first half. Okay, so that's great. I think as far as depth option goes, wonderful. I'm happy to see that. Yeah absolutely somebody uh on the broadcast they said he grew up a chargers fan but i thought that he was an east coast guy so i don't know very weird sure. nuggets um apparently michael bandy also uh turned down law school to to pursue an nfl dream so uh i remember we had a conversation about like all these guys getting secondary degrees at the draft and apparently michael bandy uh is also in that conversation
2: oh how do i turn that into a nickname <laughs> Like legally bomb. No, that doesn't work. Uh, I'll have to think of my. uh... That's good though. Hey, he looked awesome. We haven't really talked about him yet, but Michael Bandy, man, if Chase Daniel was sputtering, then oh, let's just throw it to Michael Bandy. And, you know, Easton Stick wasn't so great. uh, Kind of, let's throw it to Michael Bandy. And Michael just spam Michael Bandy worked for both quarterbacks, except for one particular play, but he looked freaking awesome. And conversely, you know, I think the chat would agree, and I think you would agree. At this point, with how much they've phased out Larry Roundtree and with how much and how involved Bandy was, even if he never sees the field and he's inactive, I feel like you have to keep him over some like Larry Roundtree. If we're just looking at it in that regard, over an edge rusher, no. Over a sixth defensive tackle, no. But if we're just looking at, you know, RB four,
1: tight end four, whatever, I'm keeping Bandy. Yeah, man. Michael Bandy was super impressive last night. And you know, there were a couple of times where you obviously just wish that he was like an inch taller, like just be 5'11 or something like that. You know, just just barely misses, you know, his hands. And, um, but he was, he was so good. Again, just a security blanket over the middle for these guys ended up with seven catches, 73 yards, average of 10.4 10. 10. 4 per catch, one touchdown on 11 targets. So really, really efficient with his targets. Um, that whip route touchdown, man, like that was, like Hunter Renfro Vibes all over that I know we're not supposed to talk about positively about Raiders players but um you know I, I think if if Michael Bandy has a chance of making this roster I think he needs to continue to do this kind of thing and I think he will you know we said yesterday we were curious to see who would kind of step up and and lead the team in receiving and it looks like it's going to be Michael Bandy by a, a country mile so uh Joe Reed did have 61 yards on four catches six targets mm-hmm. but um, if Michael Bandy is just going to be this security blanket for both of these quarterbacks, then he's going to, you know, lap the field in receiving. So um, I was very impressed by the way that he played and I, you know, have been hearing about everything, right. You've seen him in practice, but this is my first time watching Michael Bandy in action. And I, I was very, very impressed with everything, right? Like he, he ran some good deep routes. He ran some good short routes, intermediate yeah. routes. He could do everything. Um, obviously a little bit limited to the slot, but, If they keep six receivers and want to keep Michael Bandy, you know, I do not blame them at all. I think he's very, very valuable for this team.
2: Yeah. I think if you, if any team, if any of the 31 teams had followed any bit of Chargers training camp, if you watch that game, if you watch the next two games, I think Michael Bandy is a pretty easy waiver claim at this point for another team. So I think you should at least temporarily, if as best you can, uh, hold on to Michael Bandy. Maybe he doesn't last throughout the year. I think you have to try to hold on to him. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: we'll jump into second half thoughts in general here. So Easton stick got three drives. Two of them were very, very long drives. So, you know, the second half did go pretty quickly. I felt like, uh, um, yeah. Easton Stick's first drive was a 15 play 75 yard, 10 minute drive. It was, it was a super long drive. Um, second drive was a three and out that lasted one minute and 25 seconds. And then the last drive for Easton stick, uh, so I say 50, 13 plays, 64 yards, uh, in a two-minute drill that I felt like was was a, a pretty good two-minute drill. So, overall, mm-hmm. what'd you make of uh Easton Sticks' day and his, his three opportunities?
2: Admittedly, I think part of it's slightly overrated by some Chargers fans. Um, not that it was bad, I think it was a really solid day. He is stock up after last night's performance. He did look like the better quarterback. At worst, he did have at least the single best drive of the two. Slightly overrated, though. I think they made things very easy for him, which is fine. A lot of bootlegs, a lot of rollouts, rushing opportunity, get it to check down to the tight end, run it, run it, run it. You know, spiller, 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 Kelly, spiller, 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 bandy, build him out, spiller, build him out. But overall, I thought, at least compared to last year, Easton Stick looked like a quarterback who could manage an offense. You know, things weren't perfect, but they were getting done well enough that I thought that he looked fine. And I think that. You know, if if we are calling it, if we started just last night, just one game so far between, you know, stick and Daniel and not considering anything else. Yeah, I think stick is is quarterback, too, based on that play alone.
1: Yeah, I thought there were some definitely definitely some ball placement issues. You know, the the Isaiah Spiller. I don't know if it was a wheel route, but Isaiah Spiller was kind of fading down the right sideline, you know, Mm -hmm. completely behind him. There was another uh, the first throw to the right side where Bandy kind of ran ran a post route very off target so there were there were definitely some ball placement issues for easton stick again understandable with the lack of reps that he's had over the last four years but i think Mm -hmm. you can definitely see that he's taken a step mentally there were some instances where he's like okay i'm going one two three i'm going to make this Mm -hmm. read as opposed to his rookie season you know what we saw last year i was like okay my first reason i hear i'm just gonna go check down immediately or i'm going to run and mm-hmm. so I thought there was some definitely there was definitely some growth from a processing standpoint me since Stick last night. And he's clearly got the better arm at this point, right? <laughs> I think he can actually <laughs> yeah, throw exactly. some out routes. So mm-hmm. um Stick has to continue to build on this, right? Like I think you don't win the preseason battle just off of one game that's a slightly better performance than the other guy. Um it does look like we're trending towards three quarterbacks right now, just the, based off of the way that mm-hmm. uh, Brandon the coaching staff are talking about Easton stick and, and chase Daniel as well. So um, that's kind of annoying, but you know, at least Easton stick is, is proving that he could potentially be worth that roster spot this year. And again, last year, I totally understand it was code thing, but um, it was a good day, solid day from Easton stick. Definitely some things to like, definitely some ball placement issues that he needs to improve upon. But, you know, he was thrown decisively. He was thrown with some zip on the ball, made good decisions. And that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see him stay in the pocket, make plays. And I think, you know, mission accomplished for a stick so far.
2: Yep. Mission accomplished. Really good start to the preseason for him.
1: All right. Let's talk about some of the running back steps from here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think I, you can start with Joshua Kelly. I think that is. Um, you know, a good place to start for me, Isaiah Spiller, man, like I was very, very impressed with his vision, his decisiveness. Obviously that catch that I mentioned was pretty, pretty insane. Um, So I, I think this was a, a very strong step for Isaiah Spiller to potentially push Larry Roundtree off the roster. So um, good day from Joshua Kelly, really good day from Isaiah Spiller as well. Efficient, both of those guys with their touches. Um, but mm-hmm. Isaiah Spiller what, really stood out to me for sure.
2: Yes, but I mean, gosh, every single practice, it feels like there's one spiller catch. You see at the scrimmage with that sideline, yeah. play, you see an angle route. You see something like there's just always one play he makes, and that's why you are part of the reason why you drafted him. As a runner, I think he did his job. Like it looked impressive. And for a guy who literally just turned 21, him doing his job and getting, you know, three, four, like whatever was there, I think he got maybe a little bit extra. That's great. Just seeing that so far. But the guy who just entered the league, who is so young, for him to at least be seeing the field correctly, making the right decisions, that's wonderful so far. I think he's checked the boxes right now. And then, you know, halfway through the season, he picks up another half-yard per carry. Halfway through next year, he picks up another half-yard per carry because he's just more mature, bigger, stronger, faster, whatever, and probably, you know, behind Zion and, you know, Corey Lindsley and these guys as well. But he looked really solid. Uh, Joshua Kelly, good for him. Didn't think it was like the, you know an amazing performance, but you go six touches, 44 yards. That's great. Again, kind of like Spiller. You did your job. You looked good. You know, you made the catches. You made a couple guys miss. I don't know how many forced missed tackles he had. I feel like it was at least two. Um, good runner. Looked better. Looked more explosive. I feel good about where he's at and, and good for him. Again, 1.7 yards per carry last year, whatever it was. He looks just a little bit more free. He looks like he's not confined to being a short yardage back. And I think just them letting him be a bit more of a receiving option, both is good for him and completely separates himself from Larry Roundtree. Larry Roundtree, of course, finished with three carries for eight yards and zero catches. Uh, I don't recall exactly what the blocking was like for Roundtree. Maybe it was completely on the offensive line. Sure. um, But it's pretty clear. Like, I would assume based on the way they've used Larry Roundtree, if that's what they're envisioning for him, you have to let him go like the, three carries eight yards you know a couple of carries a game what are we doing at that point I don't recall him doing much on special teams if that's their plan for him and he has such a dynamic back in Isaiah Spiller on the way
1: Kelly looks better yeah
2: I think you're good with three running backs and I think they can actually comfortably make that decision
1: yeah absolutely I mean you're talking about just a huge difference in, in touches and usage and things like that so um again Joshua Kelly, I needed to see the the hype being legitimate, and he definitely did look more confident. He looked more explosive. Um, there was one of the runs that he cut to the outside, I thought was a great cut, great decision, you know, made somebody miss in space. And then um, I want to say it was his second catch that he took for like 15 yards, it was a check down, might have been an angle route. Um, made somebody miss. And I felt like he was about to make somebody else miss, but then he just kind of lost his footing. On that play, so he looked more decisive, looked more confident, looked more explosive. Um, so again, kind of mission accomplished for Josh Kelly. Obviously, he needs to continue to do this. But um, once you once you take Joshua Kelly out, man, I think you just give Isaiah Spiller as many touches as possible at this point. Um, yep. You know, you're obviously not trying to just hand somebody a job, but I, I think with Isaiah, like you see enough of his vision, you see enough of his pass catching ability. You know mm-hmm. let him prove that he can fight for this RB2 spot as opposed to just trying to, you know, make sure that he is uh, an RB3. So I was very impressed by both of those players again. Thought they ran hard, thought they ran decisive. Um, it does feel like Isaiah is a bit more of a comfortable runner in between the tackles than Joshua Kelly, just based off of last night. But yeah, again, very pleased with both players, absolutely.
2: What did you make of the fullbacks? Because to me, I don't recall when neighbors came in, and neighbors did have some good plays. Yeah, but Horvath basically dominated the fullback snaps, right?
1: Yeah, let me look at the snap numbers. counts here on Pro Football Focus. Um, <laughs> offense. So Xander had eleven snaps. Gabe Neighbors had two as a blocker or just in general total total
2: okay so wow. i think
1: neighbors neighbors only two snaps were like the, that one stretch at the goal line yeah when, uh, wow okay he ended up kind of on the perimeter blocking for Easton stick um but yeah 11 snaps for xander two snaps for gave neighbors on the night wow i mean it's been a pretty even split throughout camp so far if
2: not neighbors being the first guy up so horvath yeah both being the first guy out there and like i understand that they went okay Horvath first half neighbor second half but it was like Horvath, sure. Horvath 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 the whole way yeah it looked pretty solid um I mean and the fact that Gabe neighbors was lining up and working out with the tight ends warming up with the tight ends in warm-ups apparently I think it's pretty telling at this point that we know who yeah. not unexpected but we know who the fullback's going to be
1: yeah and I I like the way that they use Xander um I mean we didn't get to see him get targeted but um oh, wait he did get a he did get a catch I'm sorry he got one catch he got one carry yeah like a yard um, or something but I, I was mostly curious to see what Xander would look like as a blocker because we just haven't really seen him do that. That wasn't really a thing that he did in college all that much. Um, but I was impressed, man. He was physical. He was decisive. And he he looked like an NFL fullback. Right? I think you can always tell when a fullback is really comfortable blocking up the middle and lead blocking. And so I was I was impressed, man. I thought that he was physical. I thought he was violent. I like to see that that fullback dive on the on was that fourth down was that third down. I want to say fourth down. So I thought that it was a good day for Xander. I'm excited to see how they can potentially evolve the offense a little bit with him uh, going forward over the next couple weeks. Mm -hmm.
2: Someone in the chat is asking about who is 41 on offense. That's new tight end Sage Surratt. Although there is a 41 on defense as well.
1: Yeah, Sage looks bigger, man. He like again, I hadn't really seen him, obviously, but um he's a lot bigger than I remember him at Wake Forest, that's for sure. <laughs> that's good.
2: He looks does. healthy, not like he Kelvin does. Benjamin bigger.
1: No, 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 no. You're right. Yes, yes, definitely not Kelvin Benjamin bigger. <laughs> um, all right, Tyler, anything uh, stand out for you from like a schematic standpoint that you really liked? I know you know I mentioned this hmm. that the stick touchdown run very good design i really like seeing Mm -hmm. that i hope that's in the plans for justin herbert a little bit more often this year being able to get him uh involved in the run game i'm not asking for him to be josh allen or cam newton but uh just give me a little bit more consistency but i I like that play design the two-point conversion attempt to uh hunter camp moyer was was really good design as well like that play call Mm -hmm. didn't really see much from camp moyer other than that but uh you know i I think that was, it's an easy way to get somebody like him involved.
2: Yeah. You could say whatever you want about Joe Lombardi. To me, it seemed like there was no, there was no part of the field that was inaccessible outside of arm strength. It felt like, okay, we can throw it deep to band we can throw it deep to read. We can open these guys up here. We can throw screens. We can call screens, um, you know, slide routes, to tight ends in the flat curls, whatever you want, like everything that there was possible for them to run with the guys that they had I think they did and that's really encouraging. At the scrimmage Justin Herbert had plenty of bootlegs, plenty of rollouts and I think Easton Stick had a, a good set of his own including one uh, keeper of his own and I think we're going to maybe lean into that a little bit more. It's just it's what Herbert does. It, well Stick did well, but it's what Herbert does so well as well. I think they're just going to lean that even more with that right tackle situation not being so great and that's fine by me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um Really excited about the way that they, you know, it was a lot of post routes, a lot of corner routes on with these guys. So uh, they really access the deep, deep parts of the field at a really high level, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. All right, any final thoughts from the game before we get into our uh, Sunday stocks?
2: Um, not really that I can think of. I think we covered basically everything. Just excited to see these guys stack more together and get more stats on these guys.
1: Yeah. Um we did talk a little bit about a little bit about JK Scott. He looked good. Punt operation looked very very clean. Mm-hmm. Um I know there were some people asking why Dustin Hopkins wasn't kicking, you know, the extra points. I think he kicked the first one. Um but they know who he is. I feel like they wanted to get some extra evaluation for uh James McCourt and I think that could certainly happen going forward.
2: Yeah. So. JK looked good. Uh John Taylor looked very comfortable uh, in coverage. He was always down there whether he made the tackle or was nearby. And again, learning points, but building off of it, Dean Leonard was in position. He was was. in a pretty good spot. It's good to see him flying down the field and getting to the ball carrier or the receiver. It just was uh, literally.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you want to see a a little bit more uh, finesse at the end. But, um, you know, again, he was in position. That's all you can ask for for right now. Um, All right, let's get into some of these Saturday stocks and we'll wrap up the show sounds good stock market so uh, if you are just joining us and haven't uh been paying attention we decided to come up with this game as a way to kind of evaluate these players um just in in a different way and so we're doing uh a stock exchange if you will going up or down by one point uh we each had certain players that we had to pick or, or certain roster constraints so um let's start with trey pipkins i thought he played well um, mm-hmm. kind of expected him, um, again, really want to be able to watch the all 22, but I don't feel like we've had that separation day yet, but I will mm-hmm. say again, like you mentioned the relationship between him and Zion just feels like a, a much cleaner operation overall. Um, but I still think you kind of hold on uh, Trey Pipkins for now.
2: I'm cool with that. Yeah, I could even say up. I think he hasn't been like fantastic by any means, but over the last week and not just last night, I feel like things have been pretty solid. But sure, I'll, I'll go with hold.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I'm cool with Asante holding at the 11 as well. I don't think yeah. he's done enough to go up. You know, him and Michael Davis have kind of rotated a little bit more in the first team this week, but I still think you kind of hold there. Uh, Donald Parham, you hold on the six because he's injured so we haven't seen him um so parham probably misses this week for those wondering um he will potentially be back for the last preseason game but um he'll miss this week as well um jt i mean he's been working more with the first team he did I'd have a week of practice i think you kind of have to say up at this point for him
2: yeah obviously not the greatest play i've ever seen in prime time but yeah no, <laughs> i know i thought in practice he's look really good
1: yeah, the right. the one with Dean Leonard was not great, but um, you know, he the interception that got called back was a good rep. I thought he had a good run stop as well. So mm-hmm. some good things mixed back, of course. Um Bryce Callahan holds probably I hold there, yeah. Why are we asking about K9? He's injured. What are we doing? Sorry about that. Um Chris Rumpf definitely, definitely up, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, are we saying down for Dean or still hold? I think you got to say down. Okay. Uh, that's fair. I think you got to say down for him. Uh, Brennan Hymus oh. I would say up. He played really, really, really well last night. Had some good mm-hmm. moments. Uh, Nick Neiman hold. He's been injured. French hold hold. Yeah, maybe.
2: And I feel like I feel like he's in terms of roster spot about the same. It hasn't really done a lot to separate, but he's still tight end four.
1: Yeah, I'm okay. Hold there and holding on Jamal Davis as well. I think
2: I'll give you now. I'll give you the, the bump up on Jamal Davis. Honestly, I think he's really impressed. Okay. So I, I really think that just him continuing to look good again. What was it? Four pressures and one five runs last night. Yeah, five pressures. I mean, you gotta say stock up for that. So okay. I gotta cool oh, it's that's right it's doubling so your, your jamal davis stock is doing great we're at, a, we're at a four it was at a one now you're at a four you you're four times your uh whatever let's go i'll take it all um, right where are you where are you at where are you at steven let's see here we go 58 that's 58 well, look at you go, go. absolutely <laughs> destroying it right now there's no way i'm gonna catch that at all in this one especially is Jamal this James yours Fox. or this?
1: Is this yours or Alex's?
2: This is mine.
1: Okay. Hold, I guess. Yeah, I think you could give Fox an up though. After last night, he looked really good. Last night, yeah, I, I would say Fox is up.
2: Hold for him. RM is a hold. Same. Yeah. Oh God. Do not smart Phil Okay. Spill- <laughs> Spiller feels like up. Yeah, I he think he you go like up for Spiller up. for sure. Thought I got something. Okay, JT Woods. Did we say? We said down. Did you say hold? I oh, we said down. I think so, oh, wait. right? I think we said hold because he had a good week, but... Oh, up. Oh, we said up for you. We said up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Glad up we're paying attention. Up. My bad. I'm sure My our bad. viewers hate us. Okay. Uh, Rumpf. well I picked Rumpf. Good for me. Surprise. Did we say Rumpf was up?
1: We did. We did. Web. Uh, Web's been hurt, so I feel like you have to hold. Okay. How do you Fuhoko. feel about go
2: could go either way because, like, it's been the same good play, yeah. So, that, that's both up and hold, either one.
1: I say up, I say up for Brayden.
2: Okay, that
1: and might be then, the peak for him, but yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And then Nick Demon hold Jason Moore. I think you could put him up to a, I mean, he's been hurt, so I hold just, again, and then Bandy definitely up. Bandy's definitely up. Oh, all right and then camp Meyer, we said hold all right
2: i'm sure people that are really good at excel are absolutely hating me butchering this feature (laughs)
1: right now oh i am catching up look at this 56.5 oh
2: my goodness
1: let's go look at look at me go here
2: (laughs) i've made so much more money look Mm -hmm. at us all right let's see what alex uh
1: look at that fox up Vanoy, hold. Get his numbers, uh, right. Spiller up. Enough. Carter, I still would say hold. Yes, I mean
2: he's exploded, so he's kind of like he literally has hit his ceiling. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's it
1: for him. Yeah, there is a there's a lot of uh, DeAndre Carter takes out there, but I, I still think that Jalen Guyton is wide receiver four for this team. Um, again, at least in terms of snaps, I feel like Guyton will play. He's the vertical route runner, so he's he he's definitely still has some value. Definitely will still play a role for this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody said you left Spiller at five. Oh my gosh! So you're seven
2: point five. You're let's just barely go. right behind me, dude. Dude, look at this!
1: <laughs> look at that! Good weeks for both of us. All right, let's finish, Alex. As we said, hold for Callahan. Uh, down for Dean. Rough. But he'll get up for Kelly. I mean, Kelly has been oh, yeah. pretty clearly the RB2, so he'll get up there. Hold for Webb. I'm still kind of a hold on Will Clapp. I, I think it's for, teetering, though. We're getting close. Yeah. like I think we need to see Hunter get some second team reps for me to say down on Will Clapp, but uh, I definitely don't feel great about him right now. Look at this. Yeah. You're plummeting. Give him some Easton stick love. There we go. Uh, gonna hold. MK has to be up, though. I mean, MK had seven pressures last night.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Look at that. Let's see where Alex
1: is at. Again, apologize to all the Excel Google Sheet users out there. John said, you know you can set up this sheet to auto sub and plus. Don't le- leave me alone. <laughs> Oh, Maybe so he's around. up to 54, so that's good for him. We all we went all up this week. We all did
2: much better. Okay, look at that. We're, you know, I, I made up some ground. I had quite the uh, quite the week. And uh, let's see. Let's see if my guys keep going. All right, so that you was went a lot from, faster than last
1: time. Where were you at last week?
2: 51 and a half. So I'm up six, you're up four.
1: Alex is up three and a half dj blade runner says yo send us the spreadsheet so we can fix it
2: <laughs> <laughs> no this is our segment leave it alone I'm hey, man, so anybody hard.
1: is is happy to join in on the fun though if you want to do something similar we can uh share the sheet again or the screenshots so you guys can uh do your own rules and and make your own math look prettier i guess <laughs> screw you guys okay <laughs> no that's good though we're you know we feel good about the players that we've chosen so mm-hmm. um you know I, i'm kind of glad we decided not to add anybody else because i would have chosen raheem lane in a really high stock and then um, i say <laughs> stock down so yeah yeah
2: okay cool
1: Well, wow, that was a lot faster than last time it was it was <laughs> alex casted i apologize for the google sheet mean
2: I almost just want to make it worse now. Like I just want this to be awful, an awful segment for the just don't just do
1: the math in your head. Just don't even do the the function. Just just yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> with like an abacus. Just sit over here. Oh my goodness. Oh man, good stuff. Um, all right. So that was a it was a good episode, good recap. Thank you guys for uh, tuning in here. Chargers uh, get joint practices with the Cowboys this week to wrap up training camp. Then they'll get their uh, second preseason game. They will have some uh roster cuts to make uh as of tuesday again there there were two players that did not suit up so i feel like that's potentially the two spots there but we'll definitely have you guys covered um for that for the joint practice takeaways um tyler and arjun will be at the practices so we'll get some uh quick recaps again up on youtube so make sure and uh subscribe to our channel turn those notifications on so we can or so you can get those uh, instant takeaways from joint practices that are a little bit more exclusive season tickets, season ticket holders only. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you're not a season ticket holder trying to go in and sneak in, I don't think you'll get the opportunity. Uh, So season ticket holders uh, definitely get to uh, take advantage there, which is good.
2: Yeah. You can't even transfer your tickets to somebody else. So they're trying to keep it pretty tight. I'm sure it's to prevent Cowboys fans from taking over. Yes. Um, so it should be fun. Yes. Arjun and I will be there both days. I won't be able to do a video for the second day. Arjun will carry that for me. Um, so there's that. Want to bring this up from LA chargers fan. Do I dare say special teams looks pretty decent. Thanks for the content gentlemen. Yes. LA chargers fan. Thank you for the super chat. I think it looks decent. I got to see Hopkins out there in the full operation,
1: but yeah, yeah,
2: seem pretty happy with it so far.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, we will have a similar structure this week. Again, in terms of our regular episodes, we'll have one on Wednesday Wednesday, We'll do uh, game preview on Saturday and then game recap on Sunday. So um, stay tuned for that when we get another 7 p.m. Saturday Night Kick next week against the Cowboys. Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Tyler. Appreciate it. Um, Good conversations all around. Everybody else in the chat, thank you so much for supporting the show. If you are listening to the audio version, please leave a rating or review. We always appreciate that. Again, stay tuned for... Everything coming this week, we'll have more uh, Charters Analytics, Maddie's Minute, all that good stuff. Lots of great content coming your guys' way. So appreciate it. Have a good rest of your weekend. And as always, bolt
0: up. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand